Hi, welcome to Pitt Town Church. We are so glad that you're listening to this podcast. We pray that this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you would like more information, check out our website at www.pitttownchurch.com. I'm going to read the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and destroy the power of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overturn chariots and their riders. Horses and their riders will fall, each by his brother's sword. On that day, this is the declaration of the Lord of armies. I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. This is the Lord's declaration and make you like my signet ring for I have chosen you. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. God, what are you doing? Has that thought ever crossed your mind? Especially with everything that's gone down this year, we can ask that question, God, what are you doing? You know, it seemed like we were going back to a sense of normality, businesses starting to open again, restrictions lessening, and then in the blink of an eye, it seems like we're headed back to where we were a few months ago. I had a friend say, it's sort of like running this never-ending race. It seems like we're getting close to the finish line and then we're told that we need to go a few kilometers more. And so we run those few kilometers more and as as we think we're getting near the end, we're told that we need to go a bit further. And I'm sure many of you through this time, despite everything happening with COVID, has had a lot of other stuff go wrong as well. A lot of you losing jobs, a lot of uni students not being able to get jobs after finishing their degree. Relationships breaking down. I know the divorce rates and domestic violence rates, uh, rates have risen. A lot of people struggling with mental health. And for our church members, a bit closer to home, we had to deal ev- with everything that Greg has gone through this year. For those of you who don't know, Greg, our senior minister, was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer last year. And so on top of having to deal with how we will adjust as a church with COVID happening, we also had to deal with the sadness of our senior minister stepping down. And I know a lot of you uh, in our congregation have also fallen ill during this time. Some diagnosed with cancer, some with other illnesses. And some of you having family members, members in different states who have fallen sick, but you're unable to help them because of the borders closing. You know, no, no matter how long you've been a Christian for, for how strong of a Christian you might be, sometimes it's hard not to ask that question, God, what are you doing? Someone who I think may have been asking this question is Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah at the time of Haggai. He has one of those jobs that I don't think anyone would have envied, sort of like our government at the moment. You know, we might not agree with some of the decisions that they make, but boy, I wouldn't want to be in their position at this time, having to lead our nation through this time of crisis. As Zerubbabel, he's in a similar situation, having to lead a nation during a time of crisis. They've just returned from exile. They've probably had the words of prophets like Jeremiah and Zephaniah ringing in their ears that maybe this is the time that God is going to restore them to their former glory. But the reality of the situation doesn't look anything like what the prophets had said. They've returned few in number. They have no king, no army, no weapons to defend themselves. 
They're under the power of the Persian Empire and they're surrounded by these hostile, powerful nations. Zerubbabel, he has the, the role of leading these broken people. I'm sure he may have questioned, God, what are you doing? And that's why I think God speaks directly to Zerubbabel in these last three verses to assure him that he's not finished yet. And I think that's the, the big thrust of these last three verses, that God is not finished. His plan to restore his people and to make everything right is still in action. And he breaks this down uh, for Zerubbabel in two sections. Firstly, he reminds Zerubbabel that he will bring his justice, making everything right. And secondly, that he will keep his promise, establishing his eternal kingdom through his chosen king. So as we go through this, keep your Bible open as we work through these two points. So firstly, God will bring his justice. God assures Zerubbabel that despite his, the bleak situation of his people, God will bring his justice and make everything right. Have a look from verse 21. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and destroy the power of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overturn chariots and their riders. Horses and their riders will fall, each by his brother's sword. And as I said before, God's people, they're under the power of the Persian Empire. They're surrounded by hostile and powerful nations. The situation they're in seems pretty hopeless. But God is saying to Zerubbabel, remember who I am. And that's what he's doing in these verses. He's calling Zerubbabel, look back to what I've done for my people in the past. Remember when I shook the heavens and the earth by bringing the, the, plague, by bringing the plagues on the mighty Egyptians. I overturned their chariots and riders, drowned their king and his army in the Red Sea. Remember when I handed the powerful kings of Canaan to a bunch of refugees in the wilderness who had no military power. Remember how I toppled and destroyed the walls of Jericho. God is saying, remember what I did for your ancestors. I will do that again. I will take what looks like a seemingly impossible situation and turn it into victory. Throughout history, God's people, they've always had this reoccurring theme of not trusting God, of feeling hopeless and asking the question, God, what are you doing? But we see that through these verses, God is calling Zerubbabel to remember who he is, to remember that he is a God of justice. And just as he brought justice and made things right in the past, he will do so in the future again. Secondly, God will keep his promise. God assures Zerubbabel that he will keep his promise of establishing his eternal kingdom. Now, if you're not too familiar with the Bible, God made a promise to the second king of Israel, King David, that through him he will establish an eternal kingdom, that someone who comes from David's line will sit on the throne forever. But the kings that followed David, they didn't live up to this promise. They did what they wanted to do and led God's people away from God. Instead of trusting God to protect them, they put their trust in other nations. Instead of worshipping God alone, they fell into idolatry. God's kings, they were to look different to the other nations. They were meant to be a light to the other nations, showing them what God was like. But instead, they ended up looking just like the other nations. And it came to a point where God said, enough is enough. If you don't want me, I'll give you what you want. 
And so God let Babylon take the Jews into exile. And listen to what God said to the last king of Judah before they went into exile. As I live, says the Lord, though you, Keniah, son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would tear you from it. Now, a signet ring is something that king wore that uh, symbolized authority and power. And so can you see what God is saying to the last king of Judah? I will, not give, I will not give you my authority and power. I reject you. Can you see what God's saying here? Can you see what people would have been questioning? God, what are you doing? Are you going back on the promise you made to David? Will there be an eternal kingdom? Now, given this context, hopefully God's word to Zerubbabel makes a bit more sense in verse 23. I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. This is the Lord's declaration and make you like my signet ring. For I have chosen you. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. Zerubbabel, he's the grandson of King Kenoya. He Zerubbabel is from the line of David. God is saying that I am not done, even though my people were faithless, even though they went back on their promise to me, I will keep the promise that I made to David. I will establish my eternal kingdom under my servant king and bring restoration to my people. God is assuring Zerubbabel that he is not done yet. And so the question the people at the time of Haggai would have been thinking, is Zerubbabel God's chosen king? Is he the one who will bring God's justice on the nations? Is it through Zerubbabel that God will establish his eternal kingdom, the one who will sit on the throne forever? But as we keep moving through the Bible, we see that Zerubbabel drops out of the picture for a bit. And then his name reappears in the genealogies of Jesus. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, we start to see a glimmer of hope. He's someone who speaks with authority. He performs signs and wonders. In the Gospel of Matthew, it says that Jesus made the blind see, the lame walk. Those with skin diseases are healed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised. So a lot of the Jews were thinking, could this Jesus be God's chosen king, the one who will free us from our enemies, the one who will sit on the throne forever? But then Jesus is betrayed, arrested, mocked, beaten, abandoned, and then left, to, and left on a cross to hang. God, what are you doing? See, the Jews, they were looking forward to this militant king, someone who would uh, save them from their immediate situation. But you see, God's plan was much bigger than that. His plan was to rescue his people from their greatest enemy, from their sin, which separated them from him. See, through Jesus, we see God executing his justice. God in Jesus dies on the cross in the place of his enemies. Jesus dies for the nations, for all those who should be judged for rejecting God. And through Jesus, we see God keeping his promise by Jesus rising again from the grave shows that he is the king, the one who will sit on the throne forever and establish God's eternal kingdom. The hope that God gives a rubble in the last verses of Haggai are pointing towards Jesus. 
God is, uh, Jesus is the servant king who will establish God's eternal kingdom. Jesus is God's signet ring who has God's authority and power. So what is God doing? God is gathering people under King Jesus into an eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken, as the writer of Hebrews puts it. So the question for you and I is, will you inherit the promise of this eternal kingdom or will you receive the judgment of God like those who oppose him, like the nations who oppose him and his people? Now is the time that Jesus is gathering people into his eternal kingdom. The day is coming when he will return and execute God's justice on the nations. He will shake, overturn and destroy all of those who oppose God, all of those who haven't taken refuge in him. Are you ready for Jesus to return? Do you need to come to him today? Do you need to take refuge in him? And for those of us who have taken refuge in Jesus, those of us who know that Jesus is king, Sometimes we still may have that question, God, what are you doing? Well, what I think that we can take away from these verses is that just as God encouraged Zerubbabel to look back and remember what he had done, remember his mighty acts to assure him that everything will be okay, to assure him that God will make everything right again. We on this side of history are to look at Jesus to remember what God has done for us through his son as assurance that he will make everything right. And I know it's not going to be easy. Like the people at the time of Haggai, like the Jews at the time of Jesus, we want God to fix the situation now. We want him to make everything better now. But that's not the answer the Bible gives us. Sometimes, a lot of the times, God doesn't give us what we want, but he does give us what we need. You know, through this time, you may lose your job. You may have uh, broken relationships. You'll experience real pain, real heartache, real sadness in this world. But as followers of Jesus, God has given us everything that we need in him. Look to Jesus and be assured that God will fulfill his promise that there's a time coming where there'll be no more pain, no more sadness, no more brokenness. All the, the sad things in this world, all the painful things in this world will pass away. And we see that in the last letters of the Bible where God dwells with his people and he wipes away their tears. But until that time comes, keep standing on the promises of God. Just as he showed Zerubbabel that he wasn't done yet, through Jesus, God assures us that he is not done yet.